BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, it's Travis Cronin. We are back with Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. I am joined by my lovely, beautiful, smart, and talented co-host. First off, Miss Sarah Huron. Hello, hello. Miss Gwen Flamberg. Oh, hello. I miss seeing your ladies so much. And this week's news is jam-packed. I barely had to work at all to find out which stories to talk about because there were so many celebrities doing messy and fun stuff this week. But before we get into that, you know how we do, guys. We have to set some intention, not for our own lives, to better our own lives, but to for celebrities. If they are doing something that really annoys us or something we really love, let's start. Gwen, who is your intention for this week? Well, Travis, you know, my intention is for Meghan Markle. Okay. I hear she's got some lofty goals, and I just want her to, like, chill out. You know, she's just kind of, like, taken this, Sussex's go to America just a little too far. Like, I really would like to see her just like stroll Archie, take him to the beach. You know, you're thirsty for the paparazzi. So call them, put on some cute clothes, let your hair down, let them take some pictures of you. This is all the public wants from you. I get it. Of course, Gwen is referencing the Vanity Fair article where Meghan Markle said that she had presidential aspirations. I mean, come on. (laughs) Come on, I think, is a very good term. And I don't know whether it makes me love Meghan Markle more for, like, really reaching for the stars and making a difference, or, like, her sense of entitlement is, like, bowling me over and I hate her. Sarah, what do you think? No more celebrities in politics. (laughs) I don't care who you are. No, I'm over Okay. All right. We'll leave it to the politicians. Sarah, do you have a different intention other than for Miss Meghan Markle this week? My celebrity intention is for Olivia Jade and her boyfriend, Jackson Gunthy. Because even though we are less than two months away from Lori Loughlin and Massimo needing to surrender themselves to prison, our little Olivia Jade is dealing with another legal matter because her boyfriend was pulled over and arrested for a DUI earlier this month. And first of all, at 12.30 p.m. on Monday, September 7th, 12.30, just afternoon. It's not great, Travis. It's not great. And he was only booked on a misdemeanor and released later that day. There has been no, like, official charges. There's not going to be any. I don't think there's going to be too many repercussions for this. But, homie, download Uber. It's just not that hard. And for Olivia, I want her to, one, make sure Jackson gets in check. And, two... You know, maybe get an Uber sponsorship herself. Troll him a little bit online and also make some money because I'm still waiting for some more content. <laughs> I hope she does turn this into sort of like a playful foddery thing, but I don't think that's going to go over well if she does. Be like, girl, you have enough legal problems. 
But yeah, I mean, I almost did my intention for Jackson to stop like drinking or using drugs like before noon at least, or if you are, hire an Uber. I think that's a really good one. Well, my intention this week is for America's sweetheart, Kelly Ripa. Kelly Ripa was commenting on Gwyneth's 48th birthday photo where she was nude with like a sheet over her. So implied nudity, she looked gorgeous. And someone asked Kelly Ripa if she was going to do like a I'm 50, look how great I look nude photo. And Kelly Ripa said, I've never looked like Gwyneth. I don't have long limbs. Gwyneth is such a natural beauty. And I know that I'm a lot of fun to be around. I'm like the party favor. And my intention is for Kelly Ripa, you know, you look so good. You have an amazing body. I think you need to like love it a little bit more. And maybe a tasteful implied nudity shoot sounds like exactly what the doctor ordered for a little more self-love. All right. Well, we have a lot of insane news to dive into. Let us start with Dax Shepard and his amazing wife, Anna from Frozen, Kristen Bell. So Dax Shepard has a very popular podcast called Armchair Expert. And he admitted on his podcast that after 16 years of sobriety, he had a relapse. Sarah Huron, tell us what happened. This was a huge, huge thing for Dax. Yeah, it was. I mean, his podcast is a lot. He talks about um, going to AA and working the steps all the time. It's kind of part of his, not brand, but just his podcast and his, you know, identity. (laughs) And he talked about how eight years into his sobriety, he said he had not done a single shady thing. And then his father got diagnosed with cancer and he was going back and forth nonstop with treatments to take him to chemo. And at the same time, he got into a motorcycle accident while he was working Mm -hmm. on Parenthood, which side note great show Miss Parenthood um and he called his sponsor and said he was in a ton of pain and he had friends that had Vicodin so he started taking Vicodin to help with his motorcycle accident eight years ago then he got so then Kristen Bell got involved and she started administrating the Vicodin to him to make sure that he wasn't abusing the pills since he had you know issues with substance abuse and drugs in the past great idea he said the cycle happened maybe three or four times he felt shady but he didn't think it was a problem then he started taking more and more Vicodin because the pain And then more recently, things spiraled out of control because he got hurt again. He started going to his meetings on um, 30 milligrams of Oxycontin on his 16th sobriety birthday. He revealed he was high the whole time as they were, like, congratulating him. And um, he recorded this podcast after he was seven days sober. So that was, like, a week ago. So he's probably closer to two weeks now. Um, And it was just crazy. He was so candid. And you could tell he was emotional and nervous. But it was just, like, a huge revelation. It was after so long. Gwen, what were your thoughts when you heard this? They're such a loved couple, too. Yeah, I mean, they're, I think the reason why people love Kristen and Dax so much is because they're so authentic, they're so real. They show themselves and their couplehood in a way that, like, it's not Hollywood. It's actual reality, and a lot of people can relate to them. You know, listen, this is a story that you've heard time and time again, not in the celebrity world, in terms of, addiction, people slipping back into addiction because of prescribed opiates. And, you know, it's just, I think that it was really powerful that he came forward and told his story. And I think that it will give other people who are struggling with addiction the strength to maybe get sober, stay sober. And I I just, I love those two. Me too. And a source told us that they have a strong marriage and are always there for each other. And at first he was trying to hide it from Kristen, but when he no longer could, Kristen, of course, rushed to his side and was 
showered him with love, care, and determination to get through this together. And, you know, we're hearing that they are really working through it and better than ever. Do you know what couple I, like, really, really dislike who's, I don't know if we're going to work out? Julianne Huff and Brooks. to me. The back and forth. The back and forth. Even I say the name, I can see the faces of my lovely co-hosts, and they're just like appalled at this. I mean, I, any I, what what the hell, Sarah? Just give them like the sparks notes of what's going on this last week because we've had so much back and forth between these two. We have. I mean, listen, we all of last year we were like, are they still together? There were no wedding rings. There were wedding rings. There was weird podcasts on both sides. Lots of bisexuality. Yes, Julianne coming out is not straight, but in love with Brooks. It was it was just a, a weird 2019 for them. And then at the beginning mm-hmm. of this summer, they finally confirmed that they were going their separate ways. Then last month, all of a sudden they're back at lunch and she's making googly eyes at him. And now a source is telling us they're giving it another shot. Quote, they are still some lingering doubts and issues they need to work through, including Julianne's desire to still have freedom when she needs, and Brooke's need for reassurance that she doesn't have one foot out the door. But they're taking it step by step, enjoying each other's company, company enormously, and it's gratifying to both of them that the old spark between them never went away. It's not gratifying to me that that spark is back. They're just so back and forth. I mean, I want to say that they love each other and that's what's going to happen, but after like you know both of them saying they wanted to open things up and be explorative and then he's fishing for the summer and she's doing all the crazy kinergy where she's breaking down crying i mean it just doesn't seem maybe like the healthiest thing to go back for gwen you're just so over this couple you are so over them just you know it's such a it's like yo-yo dieting but with love They don't seem, listen, it's like if you're not bringing out the best of each other as a couple, call it quits. Maybe yeah. you have one, you know, rebound to each other. But Bonus then night. what ultimately broke you up is what you realize, you know, is, is the reality and why you shouldn't be together. And these guys, it just seems like they're ricocheting back and forth to each other. I mean, let's see. I, love is love. I love love. Let's hope that they... Are in love and stay in love, but it just seems strong J, man. Twenty twenty. It is strong J. Um, and yeah, I, I'm totally for them having like a bonus night. Like Sarah said, those googly eyes were so oh. googly, like a like a like a schoolgirl in love with like a crush. So maybe they just had one bonus night and then went their separate ways. But it doesn't seem like it's going to go down like that. The things that make us happy, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. We've reached a very special point in our podcast, guys, where we are going to do a dramatic reading of the newest song from Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. You know, Travis, can I just say, can I just say that Machine Gun Kelly has been my one bright spot in 2020. In addition to, you know, feeling free as I've just embraced this uncomfortable sexual attraction I have to him that I I don't love for me, but it's just, it's there and I'm embracing it. He's giving me drama with his relationship with Megan Fox and Brian Austin Green. He's being dragged into Lala Kent and Sheena Shea's Vanderpump feud. And this new album is just full of freaking bangers, okay? Tickets to my downfall is everything to me. And I just feel like that one day when I painted my nails black in middle school, like it's, I'm I'm loving it. (laughs) Oh my God. Amazing. Well, um, Sarah, since you love Machine Gun Kelly so much, I would love to offer you the starring role as Machine Gun Kelly in this reenactment. Wow, 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 wow. 
I know, I know. It was an honor just to be nominated, but you have won. And Gwen, I would love to share the role of sexy Megan Fox so I can bring a little comedy to it and you can bring your actual sexiness voice to Megan Fox Ooh. for when um, when she's singing at the end of this. So, um, Sarah, why don't you kick us off with the first part, since you are such a stan and know all the words verbatim, probably. Yeah, so this is an interlude um, for one of Machine Gun Kelly's songs, but I believe Megan does go first, yeah, so I don't know does. if you need to, you know, start the reading. She does, I'm ready. Oh my god, did you drink a lot of tequila? Is that what it was? Yeah. You want to listen to interlude while we sit here? Yeah. Do you like remember the stuff that you do with me? Yes. Okay, I don't, cause you're so high or like you get really drunk. I don't know if you remember it. Of course I do. Okay. I cherish it. I burn other memories just to make room for those ones. That was four months ago that we were right here and I met you. That's not possible. Like, you just got my initials tattooed. I got your nickname tattooed on me. If the world was coming to an end, I don't want to close my eyes without feeling like I live. Same. <laughs> that, was <laughs> that was amazing. I felt Megan Fox channeling through you. Um, uh, Sarah Huron, what were your thoughts to this, like, interlude that was, you know, personal and revealing, but also a lot about booze and drugs? Yeah, um, I thought it was very intimate. I felt like I was in their backyard or something and I was very uncomfortable, um, but also fascinated. I mean, nothing says romance, like asking your boyfriend if he got so blacked out that he doesn't remember your memories. And it was great. And he also had one with Pete Davidson and that was interesting. I'm kind of obsessed with their friendship. And, you know, as I said, Machine Gun Kelly's a gift, even though he kind of scares me. <laughs> oh my God, Gwen, what, what, what do you think about this new twist in their love saga? He's just like a... Your basic dude. But he's clearly uh, well, so deep, he's, Gwen. He's so deep. I, mean, I, like, I think he likes to think he's so deep. But, you know, Machine Gun Kelly is just like this, like, kind of like, rando. I just don't really get it. He's so alternate. I, I, well, I, listen, he must do really crazy things to her feet, and she must be really into that. I can't imagine, and I hope that on his next album, there's an interlude all about what he does to her feet or a song dedicated to it. He's in his new music video again. This is her second music video with him. Yeah, It's just like they're full force. I mean, if you got the hottest lady like on deck, you might as well put her in the video. Well, let's move on from them and take a palate cleanser for a This Day In. And Sarah, here on, I think you especially are going to really like it because it is a very special person's birthday today. Who, and who? it is Poot Lovato. It is Poot Lovato's birthday. So I thought we'd take a look back on the amazingness that is Poot Lovato. If no one has heard, in 2015, right at this time, Demi Lovato was walking a red carpet and there was an unfortunate picture taken of her with all this flash where she looked bald. So then the internet reacted that she was Poot Lovato, Demi Lovato's secret sister who was locked in a basement her entire life. And this was her first time out of the house. And she has since gone back into the basement, into lockdown. Sarah, what do you, do you have any birthday words for Poot? Wow, Poot, we barely knew you. We met you quick. Um, hope your hairline is doing well. 
that's that's, that's very it's just ridiculous i love the putlabato and of course it started on tumblr and then went on twitter became all these memes demi has still yet to respond to the putlabato claims we are all He's still a waiting busy for right Twitter. now Demi Lovato uh, recently has broken her engagement of 68 days. <laughs> um, 68 day engagement with Max. How do you pronounce his last name? Earl of Cares. Okay, good. Because you know I'm going to butcher it. So he's an actor. His name is Max. And we heard from a source that he was filming a movie in Atlanta and she went to visit him and things took a little bit of a turn. Sources were telling us that nothing was wrong. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, actually, they're completely broken up. So they have just ended their engagement. A source tells us that, you know, Demi is, of course, not relapsed or anything, but friends are worried because she's going through a breakup as anyone who is in the program was going through. Someone is worried, but she's doing great. She's filmed shows for her entire Quibi line and she has recorded a new album. And this morning even released a breakup anthem to go along with her breakup. She went rogue, apparently. According to TMZ, her uh, her production, her team, was not ready for her to drop a song and it's not even like on Spotify. She just put it on Instagram TV. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, you know, we heard the same thing. Million dollar artist. That's what you should do. I think it was so cool that she found, you know, the split was coming. The news was out there and she's like, well, here's what I'm going to do. I thought it was sort of like a strong, totally. like taking back the narrative, not excluded from the narrative situation. And yeah. I just, I think it's so cool. And I want Demi for the best. And sorry, it didn't work out with Max, who sort of had like a meltdown online and came out sort looking of. like a bad guy. <laughs> okay. He had a meltdown. Yeah. He had a meltdown. This dude, Sarah, this dude is, I don't know if unhinged or unwell or what the right term would be. I don't want to be rude, but um, yeah. he needs to get his phone taken away because he first he tried to claim that he found out that they broke up through a tabloid, which people on Demi's side are saying is not true. Then he started posting all these throwbacks of her songs and like asking the recording academy to give her a Grammy, saying he like declaring his love for her and being like, We're not over. Then he started just posting all these like Bible verses and he's filming some Christian movie and I believe he's Jewish. There's just a lot yes. going on here. And yeah. I, I don't know how I don't know how I feel about it, but I did do believe when we broke the news that they were talking engagement after dating for about two days that I yep. knew this was gonna end poorly. And this isn't something I wanted to be right about, but it's important to acknowledge that I was right about it. <laughs> Gwen, do you have any thoughts? I mean, so this is not the first time a celebrity has broken an engagement of, you know, just a couple of months. Well, that's true. But, you know, with Demi, it's like she was really troubled. Remember the crazy OD? Like then yeah. she got back to herself and she was in such a great place. And then, you know, the announcement of love and how like being engaged and to be a wife made her feel whole and like all this and then 60 some odd days later it's over i don't know i mean listen i'm happy that she is taking care of herself and she made the decision to get out of this engagement because it was not making her happy or feel good i don't know like she's got young fans who are impressionable and i think all of this is a lot of crazy well, the other the other important thing to note is like two weeks ago was when all those mm -hmm. weird old Selena Gomez tweets came up where he was talking about how yeah. he wanted to marry Selena Gomez weird, and in love with weird. Selena Gomez he was, who was obviously Demi Lovato's like ex best friend. Mm -hmm. So I think he's what we might call a social climber. Yeah. 
I think that that was probably a bad indication because, yeah, Demi and Selena were completely best friends and are now not on the best of terms. And so it's sort of like when one of the housewives finds out that, or on Teen Mom, you know, some of the boyfriends have been trying to hit on other members of the cast and then found them. This sort of reminded me of that. Like the guy is just sort of into dating celebrities. And F star C K E R. Yep, star, star, star effing is what went down here. And it just makes me sad because I feel like Demi Lovato, like, I totally agree with you. Like, it is something that would happen on reality television. And she is such an amazing singer. And I don't know what it is that she hasn't, like, I just want her to, like, have mega success. And, Mm -hmm. like, and not that she hasn't been successful, but I just feel like she's not, like, she hasn't lived up to her full potential yet. And I just am wishing it for her. And we need to get rid of this, like, this guy and just shine on, baby girl. Let's move on to what I think is the strangest story story of the week. When I say the name Nicola, it might not Nicola, it might not have meant anything to you last week, but now it does. Uh, Nicola Rivera is Naya Rivera's sister, so here is why she is interesting now. So Ryan Dorsey, Naya Rivera's ex and the father of their child, five year old um, Josie, have moved in together. Ryan Dorsey and Naya Rivera's sister have moved in together. He said, quote, talking about Nicola, that she put her life on hold and to have a young woman who is blood and willing to put on her life on hold and sacrifice things, uproot her situation for the betterment of your child. So when you put your child to bed, you don't have to be alone with your own thoughts. You don't have to be sad every day and night wondering when it's going to get better. You have someone there just to talk to or to sit in silence with and be sad. Quote, you don't have to do it alone. I mean, icky but beautiful. I'm confused. I feel wrong. Sarah, you seem to feel the same. Yeah, I mean, listen, Naya Rivera's death was so tragic and upsetting for her fans and obviously for her young son, the father of her child, her sister, her parents. It's just devastating. And this is, you know, a, a turn that I didn't see coming. You know, they haven't really denied that there's anything between them, but they also obviously aren't having confirmed it. That video was heartbreaking. Um, they're obviously living together. I think it's messed up that there's people, you know, running around Target taking photos of them. So I hope that that stops and they have some peace to, you know, figure out whatever it is, is my polite way of being like, what the hell is going on? It would make sense that he needs help taking care of building. Mm -hmm. And obviously someone who was close, like family, would be someone who Josie was comfortable with. Grief does strange things to people. Right. A lot of emotion goes along with that. And I think until we know facts, I think that it just sort of is another 2020 crazy moment. Well, speaking of 2020 crazy moments, um, I will never be finished talking about Megan Thee Stallion and Troy Lane's drama because Mm -hmm. he allegedly shot her in both of her feet as she was trying to walk away from his car. But now Troy Lane's is set to release new music this week. I mean, luckily all proceeds are going to the Breonna Taylor Foundation. But there was also something super shady that allegedly Troy's team recently sent um, emails 
to Billboard posing as Megan's record label, saying she didn't want to testify against her and sort of making him come out as the good guy. And then it was released that uh, he, there were screenshots of text messages where he was apologizing for shooting her, offered her money, so sort of she wouldn't speak out and ruin his career. And now it's just getting really, really, really shady. And people in the you know hip hop and rap community are taking sides, mostly with Megan. But I mean, fake emails like from her record label, shady. Sarah Heron, tell me how shady it is. It's so shady, and I love Meg the Stallion, and I love, um, you know, WAP and Hot Girl Summer, but yeah. everything that, like, revolves around her personal life is just, like, a lot, and I don't really know how to follow it, but I know you're the expert, and I trust you, and I'm sure it's really shady. It is so shady, and I know, Gwen, you love Hot Girl Meg's is, like, one of your favorites, so you are against Troy Meg's as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, Megan the Stallion, hot girl Meg, she can do no wrong in my eyes, period. Me but too. That's it. Well, speaking of hot girls whose names start with M, um, everyone, Mariah Carey's new book is out. Finding Mariah, becoming Mariah. <laughs> we are finding out everything about how Mariah became Mariah with this new book. There is a ton of new revelations that we hadn't heard about before. Um, what was everyone's favorite in the book? What was sort of your favorite? I was really astounded by all of the information that she shared about her marriage to Tommy Mottola when she was very young. You know, he was her manager and kind of her Svengali. And he yeah. definitely did put her talent on the map, and I'm grateful for that. But apparently she was like a prisoner in her own home, basically in her bedroom. There would be like an alarm that went off if she tried to leave the bedroom. She was, you know, obviously in an abusive relationship, and she was so young and impressionable, and he managed everything. I'm just happy that, you know, she, she free Mariah. She, she got out. Um, me too. And Tommy Matola is married now to one of my favorite singers, what? Mexican icon Thalia, me who's too. so, so great, known as the Mexican Mariah. So I really hope like Thalia has a lot more like leaving the house opportunities than Mariah Carey did. Well, and I think they got together when Thalia was a little bit older, like a little yeah. bit more, um, she kind of had her own life. Absolutely. She was, when she was 12 years old, she was in like the version of the Spice Girls in Mexico. Her mom was famous. She wasn't just like a 19 year old girl coming out of here. So yeah, maybe that helps their power dynamic a little bit. But it just goes to show you that you never know what's happening behind closed doors in a relationship. And also that different couples have different experiences in a same relationship, right? But what right. I really loved about her romantic history, Mariah, was that it was Derek Jeter who, who brought out her sensual side and made her feel like a powerful, um, you know, liberated woman. And I'm yeah. really that. I love Derek Jeter. That's my favorite part. I love Derek Jeter too. He was my first <laughs> love. Um, and and he, I, he taught Mariah how to love too. Yeah, he taught me how to love and he taught Mariah how to love. It's something we have both have in common. Um, and I feel like I don't, you you know Derek has a very lengthy dating history, and Mariah has had some high profile romances, and I feel like it's one we'd never really heard much about. So I loved hearing the songs that were inspired by him and how he kind of helped her get out of that toxic marriage. And I'm just like, I, I low key ship. Like I know they're both have moved on, and it was like 20 years ago, but like let's bring it back. 
<laughs> I love it. Well, that was where I love those revelations too. I think my favorite was that she secretly recorded an alternative rock album um, back in 1995 when Tommy Mottola was controlling her whole life. She sort of rebelled and she had <clears throat> recorded an entire album called Someone's Ugly Daughter. She said, quote, I wanted to break free, let loose and express my misery, but I also wanted to laugh. So she has also, you know, championed the fact and has vowed to us that she is, quote, on a quest to unearth the version of this album with my league vocals, and I will not stop until it's found. A couple other notables from the book, just, I mean, pick it up and read it, but just so you don't have to. She blames Matola for bombing, for glitter bombing at the box office. She accused her ex-husband of using all of his power to punish and sabotage her 2001 movie, um, which premiered after their divorce. The movie also was released uh, the day after 9-11 happened. So that was a huge impact on Glitter's box office success. Uh, she talked a lot about Nick Cannon and their egos and emotions leading to their divorce. Um, but like talking about being really adult and being able to like co-parent which I thought was really nice. And they really are sort of like divorce couple goals for me. Jake Gyllenhaal and Taylor Swift. Little did I think that this would be news again this week since she is in a happy relationship. But it all started out very innocently. Jake Gyllenhaal did a post um, talking, you know, for promoting Project Human, which brings public figures into schools and allows kids access to celebrities or public figures for lectures and all of that. And he did this through his eyeglasses. And he says, I've worn my glasses ever since I parted my hair with gel. This campaign, New Eyes, has been close to my heart. And then Taylor Swift fans will remember her song, All Too Well, which sources confirmed was, was written about Jake Gyllenhaal. Says the line, used to be a little kid with glasses in a twin-size bed. So, of course, when Jake seemingly alluded to it, like the Taylor Swift fans flooded his Instagram with comments. Um, so, Sarah Giron, do you think that he did this on purpose to sort of poke fun at his song or was he just doing a campaign about glasses i think jake gyllenhaal had no idea that he was about to trigger the swifties in a way that they have not been triggered in a while because we know taylor doesn't ever talk about joe she's very you know private with her relationship and i think he just literally thought he was posting a picture in glasses and he had no idea that he Me was too. about to like unleash the Swifties. What do you think, Gwen? Do you think he did it knowing the lyric and all too well? Or do you think Jake was just had no idea? Of course he did. And here's the thing, like, I, I, you know, the thirst. It's like, I haven't heard much about Jake Gyllenhaal in a little while. So now we're hearing a lot about Jake Gyllenhaal, you know? I don't know. Well, we yeah. seem to have a battle on the podcast. I'm, Gwen, I'm on your side. I think <laughs> that he, like, took this lyric that he knew was about him and used it to, like, promote this yeah. um, amazing organization that's, you know, helping kids in schools. I think he did it on purpose. But I can if, also sort of see Sparrowside. If he did it on purpose, there would have been a reference to the scarf that he, that she left at Maggie That would have been house, too okay? obvious. That would have been too obvious. We are still, and then of course that, yeah, she, that song, the most memorable thing is that she left her scarf at his sister Maggie Gyllenhaal's house. And why that story is so interesting to us here on Hot Hollywood is because Maggie Gyllenhaal was pictured in said scarf. So there were pictures of Taylor Swift in it and then Maggie Gyllenhaal like wore it out of the house, which I think is just amazing. No, it's amazing. And do we think she still has the scarf? That's the real question here. Like we 100%. know he wore glasses, but- sad. So Meg, Maggie Gyllenhaal still has the scarf, confirmed. Mm -hmm. I think it's on her little hat stand right at the front of her door, possibly even framed as like a little cheeky joke. 
<laughs> I think so too. And I think it's perfect timing because fall is when all too well it gets it gets going, right? Everyone yeah, gets all worked yeah. up about it again. It's known for a lot of people as Taylor's best song. Um, and so this campaign, whether it was, you know, supposed to trigger us or not, it was released at the perfect time. The, the leaves are changing. The scarves are coming out. The glasses are on. Well, thank you. And I hope Project Human, you know, gets people to see each other in a better way because it's a great organization. And thank you, Swifties, for bringing attention to this important issue. Before we get to 25 Things, which get ready, drum roll, oh, we're, we're doing bringing again it again this week. We're bringing back 25 Things. Um, you know, I thought that Ryan uh, moving in with Naya's uh, former sister was the weirdest story of the week. Turns out it's not. It is all about a woman who was formerly, we had no idea who she was, Diana French. We would never know who Diana French was before, never heard that name before, but now she is all up in the news. Let me give a quick rundown. It's a crazy. Wait, would you? It's a crazy story, right, Gwen? Okay, so it all started when Diane Keaton posted a photo of Diana French's hands um, on some type of desk, and then Kyle Richards noticed the ring to be one of hers from her 2018 burglary. But the weird part, and then Kyle hired a PI to sort of track down the rest of her belongings, but she couldn't find Diana French because Diane identified her as a psychic from Santa Barbara. But then a TikTok user said, those are my grandma's hands. And then we found out that Diana French is a retired pharmacy clerk and that (laughs) Diane Keaton took the picture of her hands while at the pharmacy picking up a subscription. I mean, Sarah, you look bursting at the seams to comment on this. So what, what, it's so weird. Not a subscription to Us Weekly magazine, a prescription. (laughs) Yeah, she was a former pharmacist. So yeah, she was picking up her prescription and that's where Diane took the photo of her hands, but not, not a psychic, not a psychic unless she doubled down. It's so interesting that this all, so we all know, anyone who watches Real Houses of Beverly Hills knows that Kyle was robbed like two years ago and she lost all of her money story and handbags. And that was really sad, but we kind of never heard about it again. And then on The Secrets Revealed, which is all the stuff they cut out of the season, we see Kyle and Teddy like running around trying to find this hand that Diane Keaton had posted. So it's so interesting to me that Bravo cut out this whole storyline, which I think would have been fascinating. Now it's like, Go playing out in the news. This woman was on Inside Edition, like all angry yep. that she's getting accused of yep. having Kyle Richards' late mother's ring. And I'm just thinking, Diane Keaton probably wishes she never picked up the phone when Kyle Richards called to ask about this picture or never took this picture to begin with because it is I'm messy. Saying, I'm trying to say that it's weird to me that Diane Keaton has an Instagram account and is posting pictures of random ladies' hands. But for Kyle to then be publicly freaking out and accusing this woman of stealing the ring and now saying, well, you know, we just want to know what porn, what pawn shop she might've bought the ring in. And it's like this poor woman, it's her ring. It's her ring. Right. <laughs> and the and it's not only her ring, Gwen, it was from 40 years ago when her mother died, right. her father gave her this band and she put the rock on it. So it's not just a ring that she picked up. Retail value, she said was $2,500. But it's a little, it's just very strange. And I think now we're all waiting for Diane Keaton to comment. Oh, and I have to say, Diane Keaton's Instagram is amazing. She is like a fashion icon queen. I love following her on Instagram. But the picture of the hands is a little strange. 
Can I also just say, speaking of Diane Keaton, did anyone else watch Father of the Bride Part 3-ish? Because I really enjoyed it. Oh my it. god, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard that it's like, have a box of Kleenex next to you. It's so cute. It brings out all the emotions and it makes me want them to do an official one so bad. And it was wild to see Kieran Culkin because now he's like the star of Succession and all like insane on that show and he's amazing on it. And he's here. He's like the most sentimental one as the little brother. Oh my God. It's it's so cute. It's everything. I'm, I'm not over it, clearly. Oh, I can't it. But you guys, wait, before we go, we've got to talk about what I think is the wildest news of the week. Tell me. Carol Baskin, we thought she was going to stay on like through the entire season she finally got the boot, not finally. I mean, she got the boot like pretty early on in the competition. Here's the thing. Her Samba was like, whatever, it wasn't a great Samba. But I think that what really turned people off to Carol Baskin was that she was in a lion suit. She was wearing a freaking lion costume. And again, it's like 2020, man, can more weird shit happen this year? I mean, she served her purpose, right? She made us all watch the premiere because we were like, how is this going to go? Week two, she's in a lion costume dancing to Circle of Life. <laughs> it's time to go It's time to go home. You know, she did her job. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think as soon as we saw the lion and the tiger, they were like, okay, we, 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 we've got this. We're, we're was, all good on the carol. She was in the bottom, bottom twice. And as Derek Huff said, I can't save you again. Like, you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let us move on to our forgotten segment, Brought Back, and let's do 25 Things You Don't Know About Me and see if our celebrity experts and podcast mavens can guess this one. I didn't pick one that was too hard. This is from, and I didn't go too far back, so it was a little bit easier to start off, but I am going to be doing some blanks because it is so recent from 2019. Oh, good. Okay. Finally, one we're doing where I'm like work at this company. Yep, yep. We're getting we're getting you involved in here. Okay, number one, I wake up at five a.m. Monday through Friday to work out before my kids wake up. Number two, I'm allergic to cow's milk. Skipping number three, we're gonna do a lot of skips. Number four, I have a fear of public speaking oh when it's in an intimate group setting. Cameras don't bother me, but fifteen people do. Is this like Teddy Mellencamp? Um, it is not, but fun guess. Uh, number five, most people think I'm from California, but I've also, uh, but I've lived all over. I was born in Colorado, moved to Connecticut, back to Colorado, and then to Barrington, Illinois before going to California. Number six, I'm trying to make meditation a part of my daily routine, but it's hard to find the time. Number seven, I have a bottom retainer that I've had permanently in since the eighth grade. Me too. Alyssa Milano. No, no, but that I she does look like the type of bottom retainer a little bit. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, number ten. I only went to one class in college before I booked a hosting job and dropped out. Juliana Rancic. No, no. Um, number eleven. I can play Ring Around the Rosie on the piano. Number twelve. I'm a little OCD, super organized, and everything in my house has a spot. I can even tell if a picture frame has moved slightly. Number thirteen. My elbows are double jointed. Number 14, I've never broken a bone, but I dislocated my left elbow when blank, one of their children, was eight weeks old. Blank, this person's husband or wife, had to help me. Um, oh, well, I guess we're going to find out it's a lady. Had to help me put her to my boob to feed her. Kelly Ripa. No, not Kelly Ripa. Number 15, my first job was working at a Bikram yoga studio this summer before my sophomore year of high school. I put the sweaty, disgusting towels in the wa washing machine. Mm. 
Number 16, I am the best air hockey player in my house. Number 17, I took voice lessons growing up that, and actually recorded a song in my early 20s that will never see the light of the day. Number 18, two of my toes had the tiniest bit of webbing. Number 19, that's my looks like it away. I auditioned for Glee and had to sing. Since I knew I wasn't going to kill the audition that way, I tried to do the funny route, so I sang the Christian hymn, Jesus Loves Me. Didn't work. Number 20, I dislike my eyebrows. I have such brow envy. Number 21, I hate blue cheese. 22, I believe in reincarnation. Number 23, I cook dinner and we eat together as a family every night, with a random exception here and there. We go around and each say our favorite part of the day. I know this is going to be so easy once I hear who it is and I'm annoyed, but I literally am drawing blanks. I can't even come up with a guess. Oh my God. I, I can't believe you aren't guessing this one, both of you, but especially Sarah. Number 24, I love leftovers for breakfast. Number 25, I pierced my own belly button when I was in the eighth grade and still have the scar to prove it. Ooh. Before I go back, because they're going to be really obvious, does anyone have any last minute guesses? No. No? Nah? No, okay, then let's go to number three. Number three, I have 30 chickens, four ducks, three dogs, one barn cat. Who? Martha Stewart. No. Corey Spelling? No. Who has three dogs, one barn cat, and two bearded dragons. Oh, who's got the bearded dragons? And 30 chickens. Lisa Vanderpump? Nope, okay. Um, number eight that I skipped, I launched this person's company in my house two and a half years ago. And today we have a location in Nashville, Chicago, and extended pop-up at the Grove in LA. Kristen Cavallari. That is who it is. Damn it. I didn't know she had dragons. <clears throat> I didn't know she had dragons either. She does do a great jewelry line on Common James. Love it. I, and I, I like her shoes. I like her shoes on Common James for girls too. They're really nice. That is all we have for the news today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It was a lot to get to, some real messy drama. Of course, thanks to my co-hosts and the lovely ladies. Make sure you like, subscribe, send to your parents, your friends. Um, you know, whomever in your life, send to an email chain and like the old, the old school days. Like if you don't send this to 10 other people, you will die. I just put that hex on you. Please subscribe, like. So tune in next week for when we go through all of the best splits, drama, and just ridiculous nature that is Hollywood. Thank you guys and see you next week.